The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 60, July 2021, Number 1. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Nancy Gahagan in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB 6200 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 155, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the combined federal campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 518-906-1820 and choose option 8. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 518-906-1820. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at sign ACB National or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N C-O-U-N C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L Copyright 2021, American Council of the Blind Eric Bridges, Executive Director, Sharon Lovering, Editor 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311 Table of Contents Celebrating Fellowship and Welcoming in the Olympics at the 2021 ACB Convention by Dan Spoon Accessing the Virtual Convention by Janet Dickelman Continuing Education and Professional Development with ACB by Carla Rushevel It's Not Too Late to Get Moving Together with ACB by Katie Frederick The Mini Mall Minute by Carla Rushevel Don't Forget MMS by Jean Mann. Summary of the April 29, 2021 Board of Directors Meeting by Penny Reader. Let's Go Fishing by Dr. Ron Milliman. 25 Years of Learning by Carl Jarvis. Beyond My Perception by Kenneth Semyon Sr. Here and There, edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. 
Give her the information, and she'll make the changes for you. President's Message Celebrating Fellowship and Welcoming in the Olympics at the 2021 ACB Convention by Dan Spoon The theme of the 2021 ACB Conference and Convention is Better Together Wherever We Are. We embrace this spirit of sharing our combined knowledge, experience, and enthusiasm. Together, we welcome a week-long celebration of our accomplishments in advocacy and member engagement. We congratulate 21 scholarship winners and remember ACB angels that have given so much to our community. Now this is really cool. Thanks to NBC Comcast, ACB will live stream with video and audio description the opening ceremony of the Summer Olympics. How amazing is this? The finale of the convention on Friday evening, July 23, will be a live simulcast of the opening ceremony of the 32nd Summer Olympiad. There will be a pre-show with interviews from the audio describers and back-screen guests from NBC producers. Special thanks to the ADB committee, chaired by Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson, for all their efforts in organizing the broadcast. This year's convention will feature over 130 breakout sessions, an exhibit hall, an audio description tour channel, a primetime show each evening, and an informative general session each morning. We will hold our first remote elections with 13 contests. There will be five officers, five board positions, and three BOP positions on the ballot. The elections will take place starting on Monday, July 19, and running through the end of convention on Friday, July 23. There are plans for a contingency day on Saturday if we cannot finish all elections by Friday. We are excited to welcome Peter Sagal, host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, at Thursday night's banquet, to share his story of being a sighted guide for a blind runner during the Boston Marathon bombing. Peter is a wonderful storyteller, and we look forward to his inspirational thoughts. The auction will be on Tuesday, July 20, with 72 spectacular items up for bid. Friends in Art will host the FIA Showcase on Friday, July 16, to kick off the festivities. Monday evening, July 19, will feature an audio description, AD, panel discussion with eight leaders from the major broadcast streaming services, including Apple, Amazon, Disney, and Netflix. The Best Picture Oscar winner, Nomadland, will be presented on Friday night. Wednesday night's primetime show will feature smart financial and banking applications for managing your money. The entire eight days of the convention will be broadcast on ACB Radio with six separate breakout channels, an exhibit hall channel, and an audio description tour channel. All general sessions, primetime shows, the banquet, and the Olympics opening ceremony will all be video live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. The 13th ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk will be held on Sunday night, July 18, immediately preceding the opening session. The ACB Mini Mall will be open during the entire convention, featuring unique convention collectibles. The Monthly Monetary Support, MMS program, will be offering a $500 prize to a lucky winner that signs up with a new pledge of $10 per month or increasing their amount by $5 per month. You can become an individual sponsor of the convention or purchase a lucky Braille Forum drawing ticket to win a grand prize of $5,000. There are so many ways to participate and show your love for the American Council of the Blind. Please come join us for the 60th Annual ACB Conference and Convention. It's not too late to register. 
Let's make this the largest virtual audience ever. All registered convention goers will receive a program in their choice of Braille, large print, or digital format. You will receive Zoom links for each session and be eligible for door prizes. Together, we can create an environment that celebrates our independence and embraces our support for each other. ACB is always better together wherever we are. Accessing the Virtual Convention by Janet Dickelman Don't miss our virtual exhibit hall, our audio-described tour channel, ACB General Sessions, and all the programs and seminars from our special interest affiliates, committees, and business partners. Join the American Council of the Blind for our virtual convention. Convention dates are July 16th through 23rd. If you have registered for the convention, you will receive Zoom invitations for all of the convention sessions. Each evening, beginning Thursday, July 15th, you will receive an email with the next day's schedule, Zoom links, and phone numbers. With this information, you can join Zoom sessions on your computer, iPhone, or by telephone. If you don't have email, you may contact the Convention Information Desk for convention sessions and Zoom phone numbers. If you'd prefer not to join in via Zoom, there are several options to listen to the convention. Other than affiliate mixers and business meetings, all sessions will be streamed on ACB Radio. These sessions will also be available as podcasts, and some of them will be replayed throughout the convention. Listen from your computer by going to acbradio.org and selecting the stream you want to hear. Follow the convention via ACB Link on your smartphone. Download ACB Link from the Apple App Store for your iPhone or from the Google Play Store for your Android phone. Listen on the telephone by calling 518-906-1820. There are some changes to accessing the ACB radio streams. We will hold community calls and send out information via email regarding these changes. Rest assured that you will be able to access ACB from your devices. Social media. Follow the latest goings-on at the convention on Facebook and Twitter. www.facebook.com slash American Council of the Blind Official or www.twitter.com slash ACB National. View our YouTube channel at tinyurl.com slash gloz numeral 7BQ. Additional listening options will be posted to the website and the convention email list. Assistance during the convention. If you need assistance during the convention, contact our technology help desk, acb.tech.help at gmail.com or call us at 612-470-1959. For general convention questions, Call our Convention Information Desk at 612-470-1947 or email them at acb.info.helpdesk at gmail.com. You can reach Help Desk representatives between 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. To ask a question during the general session or the evening sessions, Get Up and Get Moving on Saturday, ADP Industry Update on Monday, or Financial Freedom on Wednesday, Send an email to questions at acb.org. Staying in touch. To receive the most up-to-date convention information, subscribe to the convention announce list by sending a blank email to acbconvention plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. 
Of course, I wish we could all be together, but our 2021, Better Together Wherever We Are, will be a convention we will never forget. I look forward to sharing this experience with longtime convention attendees and those of you who haven't been able to join us in the past. Convention Contacts 2021 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 amduo at bellsouth.net 2021 Advertising and Sponsorships Tony Stevens 202-559-2045 A-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S at acb.org For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, 651-428-5059 or via email, janet.dickelman at gmail.com. Continuing Education and Professional Development with ACB by Carla Rushevel. Did you know that you can earn continuing education units and professional development hours while attending the ACB conference and convention? No matter what your area of interest or work, teacher, counselor, administrative assistant, customer care specialist, healthcare professional, attorney, entrepreneur, technology trainer, orientation and mobility specialist, you will discover professional development, PD opportunities, at the 2021 ACB Virtual Conference and Convention. Continuing Education, CE units, recognized by the Academy for Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, ACV, REP, are also available. Earn PD hours and CE units from home or office through the power of ACB Radio and the Zoom platform. ACB's 2021 CEPD program is flexible enough to fit any need. Just browse the ACB Convention website to discover an amazing array of programs that carry CE and PD hours. To earn continuing education units and professional development hours, you must register for the conference and convention. Then just purchase the number of flex credits you need. During the convention, mix and match designated general session programming, relevant exhibit presentations and tours, and sessions sponsored by ACB and its committees, special interest affiliates, and partners to create an experience tailored to your specific needs. Topics will include, but are not limited to, employment, technology, health and leisure, orientation and mobility, self-advocacy, braille, low vision, and much more. If you attend more programs and presentations than you anticipate, just submit reports for all sessions and we will contact you for payment. Individuals seeking CEMPD credits should arrive a few minutes early for each CEPD session. A unique code will be announced at the beginning of each session, and another unique code will be announced at the end of each session. Make note of these codes as you will need to include them in your report. Make note of the name of the program, the date, and the actual starting and ending times. Use Eastern Time for this purpose. Following the conference and convention, complete the CE and PD report that will have been emailed to you. You must enter the codes from your sessions and or the dates and times for your flex credits on this form. You must also complete a report and evaluation form for each session or program. This will provide feedback to the presenter and or provider and will help ACB improve its CE and PD offerings in the future. Return all forms to ACB no later than August 30, 2021.
Upon receipt of your completed forms, ACB will issue your certificate, indicating the number of CE units or PD hours earned with ACB. You are responsible for submitting your certificate to your employer for your PD hours or to ACV, REP, for your CEUs. Receive important conference information and updates in your inbox as they become available. Subscribe to the convention email list by sending a blank message to ACB C-O-N-V-E-N-T-I-O-N plus sign S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E at A-C-B-L-I-S-T-S dot org. For more information on CE and PD opportunities, contact CE Chair Carla Rushevel at 877-630-7190 or at C-O-N-T-I-N-U-I-N-G-E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N at acb.org. It's not too late to get moving together with ACB. Summer has arrived, and the annual ACB conference and convention is weeks away. Conference pre-registration is closed, but you can still participate in this year's Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, get moving together with ACB, and raise money for an affiliate of your choice or ACB at large. For $25, you can sign up as an individual walker, join an existing team, or create a team. Register by visiting www.acb.org and activating the ACB Walk Link. Or if you prefer, call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242 for assistance, or to request a paper registration form. Once registered, you will receive an email with your personal page. Send it to family, friends, co-workers, or share on social media, and encourage your network to support you and the work of the American Council of the Blind. If you have questions about the walk or registration, contact Walk Committee Chair Donna Brown by email d-o-n-n-a-m-b-r-o-w-n, numerals 59, at gmail.com, or call 304-940-0292. Walk festivities will kick off prior to the opening session Sunday, July 18, as part of ACB's Get Up and Get Moving campaign and conference wellness track. But the fun and donations don't end then. We encourage donations before or during the walk, but donations will be accepted until August 1. This year's goal is $95,000. So what are you waiting for? Get moving, and together, let's raise funds and support affiliates and ACB. Katie Frederick The Mini Mall Minute by Carla Rushevel The ACB Mini Mall Minute is coming to you again this year at the 2021 Virtual Convention. New products, exciting specials, something different every day. ACB was organized in 1961, so this year begins its 60th year. Watch for special 60-year commemoratives to be introduced at the convention. By customer request, there's a new ACB fanny pack at the Mini Mall, made of water-resistant polyurethane with a faux leather waterproof lining. Has a main compartment and two front zip pockets. Waist strap adjusts from 24 to 56 inches. Stay cool indoors and out with our Get Moving Together cooling towel. Made from 100% microfiber polyester, it's designed with moisture-wicking technology, and it retains water while remaining dry to the touch. 
perfect for walking, running, working in warm environments, or just staying comfortable on the porch or patio. Available in purple, red, or blue. Our convention theme is Better Together Wherever We Are, and you'll find more items than ever with the convention design. The Better Together image is an artistic rendering of the Earth in space, in varying shades of blue and white with a geometric aesthetic. White circles appear on different parts of the Earth with lines connecting them. The globe is turned so that North and South America are toward the front. Europe and Africa are off to the right. Lines of light burst out from behind the Earth, receding into the dark blue of space. Check out our Better Together coffee mugs, wine tumblers, water bottles, beer or float mugs, t-shirts, wall decals, messenger bags, shot glasses, car magnets, and round and rectangular fridge magnets. Order through the mini-mall or visit our ACB Treasures shop at www.cafepress.com slash A-C-B-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S. Watch for the mini-mall throughout the ACB convention. To place an order by phone or for more information, call 1-877-630-7190 or email acbstore at acb.org. Join the mini-mall email list by sending a message to mall plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. Don't Forget MMS by Jean Mann If you're planning on attending ACB's 2021 Virtual Conference and Convention, you will have registered by now and chosen all the meetings, workshops, and social events in which you want to participate. The Monthly Monetary Support, MMS team, hopes you'll participate in our program, too. It won't take much time, and we think you'll definitely find it worth your while. Most of you know how the program works. You donate a minimum of $10 a month to ACB, with up to 50% going back to an affiliate of your choice, if you so desire. The money is either charged to your credit card or taken out of your checking account. And if you're already contributing, you can increase your donation by a minimum of $5. We'll be holding five daily drawings for those who sign up or increase their donations during the convention, and two grand prizes for everybody who has either signed up or increased their monthly amounts from the end of last year's convention through the end of this year's. The first prize will be a $500 gift card, and the second prize will be a Sonos Rome smart speaker, advertised as the portable smart speaker for all your listening adventures. It's only been available for purchase since April, so it's a brand new product. There are several ways you can sign up or get more information about MMS. During the week of our conference and convention, you can call 202-743-0755. If no one answers, leave a message. Or email askacbmms at gmail.com. Either way, someone will get back to you. We'll need your name, phone number, email address, whether you're signing up for the first time or increasing your donation, and whether the whole amount goes to ACB or you want to split it with an affiliate. If you'd like more information, you can call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242, or you can go to www.acb.org, click on Donate, and scroll down to Join ACB's Monthly Monetary Support Program. Last year, we set a goal of 321 members and surpassed it. This year, our goal is 421 for 21. Won't you help us reach it?
Summary of the April 29, 2021, Board of Directors Meeting by Penny Reader President Dan Spoon called the meeting to order at 8 p.m. Eastern. The meeting, which was conducted via Zoom, was also streamed on ACB Radio Mainstream. To listen to the whole meeting or download the podcast, visit acb-events.pinecast.co. All board members were present except for Kim Charlson, who was excused. Sarah Conrad updated the board on her newly married status and change of last name to Alkman. Several staff members were present, including recently hired JoLynn Bailey-Page, ADP coordinator and grant writer, Jennifer Flatt, manager of communications, Colby Garrison, membership services administrative assistant, and Swatha Nandakumar, advocacy and outreach specialist. April's Mission Moment celebrated the outstanding collaborative accomplishment of the Advocacy Steering Committee and ACB's governmental affairs staff, who were responsible for planning and presenting ACB's excellent legislative seminar. Eric told the board that the seminar featured 18 hours of content, including a number of breakout sessions. Clark noted that next year's legislative seminar will represent another innovation, as ACB expects the 2022 event to be a hybrid meeting. Dan began his president's report with the official announcement that Kim Charlson has been elected president of the North America-Caribbean region of the World Blind Union, WBU. Mitch Pomerantz will be stepping down as ACB's delegate to the WBU, and Dan will move into that position. Dan explained that since the Blinded Veterans Association has withdrawn from the WBU and bylaws require organizations representing people who are blind to have equal representation, ACB and NFB will now each have two and a half delegates. Voting Task Force Dan asked Pat Sheehan and Jeff Tom, co-chairs of the Voting Task Force, to talk about how they have been getting the word out about the voting process for this summer's virtual convention elections. Pat described his committee members' participation on ACB Radio and ACB Community Streams and Events, as well as their attendance at ACB President's Meetings on affiliate calls and their written contributions to the ACB Braille Forum and the Convention Program. He thanked Connie Sims, who put together a draft that includes some of the feedback they have been hearing from ACB members, and said he would share that document with the board and affiliate presidents. Jeff expressed the committee's appreciation to Dan. Penny described the process that candidates should follow to answer the questions that the BOP would pose on the candidates' page, as well as the candidates' forums that the Board of Publications has planned. Dan reminded board members to contribute to this year's ACB auction and announced that Mark and Kim will co-chair the ad hoc committee that will examine the role of the board's executive committee. He also congratulated ACB's committees, ACB Radio and Community Volunteers, and convention planners for having logged over 42,000 hours of volunteer service this past year. He said that number added up to over $1 million of in-kind donations. Audio Description Dan asked Brian Charlson to update the board on the agreement with HBO Max. Brian told the board that the panel on streaming services that is scheduled for Monday night of convention week now includes eight separate streaming service providers. He said, this is just one indication of the esteem in which the industry holds ACB. Brian noted that the HBO agreement will likely serve as a prototype for future discussions with video streaming providers. He said that HBO Max has already exceeded their commitment of producing 1,500 hours of described content in year one. 
He expects them to double that by the end of year two, and to double and likely exceed that number yet again at the end of year three. HBO Max is a wholly owned subsidiary of Warner Media. Although Warner has requested an FCC waiver for a previously required percentage of described video for the legacy film content on the Turner Classic Movie Network, the corporation is offering to describe 100% of self-produced content on its TNT and True TV networks. Fall Meeting and Leadership Conference The fall board meeting is tentatively scheduled for October 8 and 9. The Omaha Hotel confirmed that rooms are available. After discussion, during which board members expressed their eagerness to meet in person again, assuming the incidence of COVID-19 continues to decrease, the board voted unanimously to hold a hybrid fall board meeting, which would allow for both in-person and Zoom participation. The board also voted unanimously to pursue a contract, possibly for as many as three years, with the Holiday Inn in Alexandria, Virginia, beginning March of 2022. Staff Reports Executive Director Eric Bridges reported that a notice of recruitment for an administrative assistant in the ACB Alexandria office had been released that very day. He thanked Erica Keller for all her assistance developing position descriptions and during the recruiting, interviewing, and hiring process. Director of Development Tony Stevens expressed appreciation for the good work JoLynn Bailey-Page, Rick Morin, and Debbie Hazelton are doing in their expanded roles as members of his team. He welcomed Jennifer Flatt, ACB's newly hired manager of communications, and described her background in health and communications, as well as her experience in marketing, branding, advertising, and working in the areas of diversity and inclusion, and her understanding of accessibility and disability-related issues as qualifications that make her perfectly equipped to address and meet ACB's many communications needs. Jennifer said, I look forward to getting to know each one of you and helping you tell me the stories that I need to tell for you and that I need to tell with you. I need to walk with you and represent you. Cindy Hollis told the board how grateful she is to welcome Colby Garrison as her new administrative assistant. Colby told the board that her background is in communications and court reporting, she is a guide dog user, and how thrilled she is to be working for ACB. Eric talked about ACB's recently acquired Verizon Communications grant funding. In conjunction with their focus on accessibility and digital inclusion, Verizon will be donating $830,000 worth of visual ad space to ACB. Our ads will appear on Verizon's premium brands, including all of the Yahoo sites, as well as AOL, TechCrunch, and others. Tony explained that this kind of exposure will help us reach not only people who are blind and visually impaired, but also their friends and colleagues, parents, sisters and brothers, and many others. The timing of the grant is so fortuitous, he said, because much of the public relations work we have recently focused upon serves as good preparation for advertising to a broader audience. Eric and Jeff Bishop talked about the steps they are taking to reorganize and modernize ACB's digital infrastructure. The reorganization will allow ACB to have more control over the environment in a more standard, generic infrastructure that is manageable by anyone. Accessible Currency Eric told the board about several recent developments that have occurred with respect to our continuing efforts to make U.S. currency tactually accessible. When the British government recently made their last remaining inaccessible pound note accessible with the release of a new 50-pound note, the Wall Street Journal reached out to ACB for comment. Tony provided a summary of ACB's multi-year struggle to make U.S. currency accessible. 
ACB prepared an op-ed under Dan Spoon's byline, and The Hill published it a few days later. Then the nonprofit organization called Women on the 20 launched a campaign to advocate for having Harriet Tubman's image on the $20 bill, and as part of that campaign, they covered ACB's struggle to achieve accessible currency. Eric indicated that these three events having occurred in such a short time have given him, and ACB, hope that a $20 bill that features the likeness of Harriet Tubman might also include a feature that would make the currency tactually accessible. Get up and get moving. Tony discussed the primetime special event which will kick off ACB's Get Up and Get Moving campaign. He encouraged board members to attend the event, which is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, July 17th. The campaign, which is expected to last three years, will culminate at our 2024 convention in Jacksonville. It seeks to encourage people to take control of their personal health and wellness and draws attention to the technology and tools that are available to help people who are blind and visually impaired live empowered, healthy lives. The campaign will be reaching out, in particular, to audiences and communities of color where the prevalence of glaucoma and diabetes leads to increased incidence of blindness, which makes it difficult for people who cannot see or see well to manage their health and wellness. ACB on Clubhouse Eric and Cindy talked about how ACB members created an ACB club on the Clubhouse social media platform. Cindy explained that Clubhouse presents us with an opportunity to make ACB known, to educate, and to be educated. Each morning, Cindy's team is on Clubhouse at 9 a.m. Eastern, sharing information about the community events scheduled for that day. They also share the daily schedule for ACB Radio and answer attendees' questions. ACB members and affiliates are also presenting events on Clubhouse. Information about these events is shared in ACB community emails. And when an ACB member follows a link to an event on Clubhouse, that person automatically becomes a member of Clubhouse. If you wish to receive an invitation to Clubhouse, send an email to c-o-m-m-u-n-i-t-y at acb.org. Jeff Bishop added that during convention, ACB plans to integrate the Clubhouse and Twitter platforms to bring convention awareness to an ever-expanding group of people. Accessible Voting Eric briefly discussed current developments with respect to accessible voting. He said that an amendment had been proposed in the Senate Rules Committee that would give ACB most of what we want regarding accessible electronic voting and electronic returns. As far as he knows, ACB is still the only disability-related group that has opposed the requirement for paper-only ballots that remains a requirement in the proposed legislation. Other Business Under the Other Business category, Dan said that ACB's law firm has asked us to make a couple of minor changes to our code of conduct. He asked the board to approve these changes, and they did unanimously. The updated code will be included in all of our convention-related materials. CFO Nancy Marks-Becker reported that ACB had received the highest possible approval rating from their auditor. She also noted that the bequest that ACB received in December of 2020 has been allocated following the legacy endowment policy. Once these funds were received, ACB's investment increased in value to over $5 million. She said that the forecast for stock market performance during 2021 looks more optimistic than in 2020, and for the first quarter, our 2020 investments realized a net gain of about $124,000.
She said that both Paycheck Protection Program, PPP loans, which ACB received in 2020, were forgiven. She anticipates that the PPP loan received this year will be forgiven as well. Michael Garrett shared a generally positive report regarding first-quarter performance of the ACBES thrift stores. Nancy reported that a record number of students applied for ACB scholarships. There were 145 completed applications. She credits ACBs having placed scholarship applications on our homepage, as well as circulating scholarship information through Constant Contact and hosting several community calls where the scholarship committee could share information with applicants and answer their questions, for this dramatically increased response. Nancy also reported that the certification process is nearly complete. Notable additions to the AMMS fields this year were the ethnicity field and the gender field. Penny reported that as of their first meeting in April, all Board of Publications meetings are now being streamed live on ACB Radio. She said that the ACB conversation email discussion list has attracted additional members and lively conversations are taking place on a diversity of topics. She stated that completed candidates pages will be made available by June 15 and the two candidates forums will take place on the last Tuesday and the last Wednesday of June. Finally, she shared that Zelda Gebhardt had hosted the first in what is expected to be a quarterly series of Zoom meetings for affiliate editors who produce newsletters or share information in other ways for their affiliates. An editor's email discussion list has been established for editors to share information, compare notes, and exchange suggestions and ideas. Janet Dickelman reminded members to set up their individual accounts at members.acb.org as a first step when registering for convention. Going forward, each ACB member will have only one username and password. Convention registration opened on May 20 and will close on June 28 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. The Minneapolis office will again provide assistance by phone. Janet reported that ACB has a signed contract with the Jacksonville Hyatt for 2024 and the Hyatt Regency in Dallas for 2025. The meeting adjourned at 11.25 p.m. Eastern. Let's Go Fishing by Dr. Ron Milliman How many major sports can we, as blind people, participate and compete effectively in with little to no special equipment or assistance? Very few. Golf comes close. Blind golfers are quite well organized, have a few of their own rules, and even hold tournaments held in many places around the globe. However, even blind golfers require assistance. According to the Blind Golf Manual titled Blind Golf, Learning and Playing the Game by Sue Yuri, a blind golfer can use a coach who assists in addressing the ball and with alignment prior to the stroke. The coach's responsibilities include walking the player to the ball, describing the shot and the distance, helping with club selection, and positioning and aligning the player and the club to the ball. Then the coach describes the ball flight and results. Another sport that blind people can participate in with little to no assistance is fishing. This is a sport that I greatly enjoy. I have a place on Lake Barkley in western Kentucky where I often go down to my dock in the very early mornings and fish. It is so refreshing to hear the many nature sounds emanating from the trees in the forest surrounding my property. I can hear the squirrels chattering at each other and at me, telling me to get out of their playground as they scamper through the trees, jumping from limb to limb like skilled gymnasts. Then there are the numerous varieties of species of birds chirping their jubilant morning songs. 
As I stand on the dock with my fishing rod in hand, I can hear the wind gently blowing, causing waves in the water as it splashes up on the shore. The fish jump and churn the water, seeking their breakfast of bugs and shad minnows. My challenge is to select a bait that will entice one of those fish to bite. If I am lucky, I'll catch several fish for a big fish fry. There is nothing much better than fresh, fried fish. We cook our fish all different ways, fried, baked, and grilled. There is just nothing like a plate full of fresh fish. Fishing is one sport that blind people can participate in with no assistance, depending on how we fish. When fishing from my dock, I can do everything independently, select my rod and reel, rig up my line, choose my bait, and cast my line where I want to fish. I can select from a large variety of artificial baits in my tackle box, for example, jigs, topwaters, poppers, crankbaits, divers, slabs, rooster tails, etc. Or I can use any number of live baits like shad or skipjack minnows or the reliable nightcrawler. I know from some unfortunate experiences that when fishing from my dock, I have to be careful where I cast my line. If I cast just a little too far straight out in front of me, I'll get hung up in some tree branches from a fallen tree that extends out several feet in the water perpendicular to the shore. Then if I toss my line too far to my left, I'll get hung up in the rocks. Either way, I'm guaranteed to lose most of my tackle. When that happens, I have to dig up replacement tackle from my box and retie my line. This is the part that gets a little challenging if you can't see what you're doing. Most of the time, the sense of touch is sufficient, but in a few situations, it is difficult to feel what is needed, like the very small holes in the beads I use on my line. Even so, we can almost always figure out a way of doing what we need to do. Working with extremely light line can be a challenge, too. Fishing line is categorized by its pound test. That is, a four-pound test line is much lighter, thinner, flimsier, and harder to feel than a 20-pound test line. Lighter lines are used for smaller fish, and the heavier lines are used for larger fish. It is much easier to tie and work with heavier lines. There are several types of line, such as monofilament, braided, etc., in general, it is easier to work with and tie monofilament line than braided line, particularly if the line is light. I have developed a method that works well for me when working with these light braided lines. I tie the line tightly around a baggy tie about a quarter of the way from one end. Then the baggy tie allows me to easily thread my line through the line guides on my fishing rod and to find the little hole in the beads I use and thread my line through the bead, tie on a swivel, the weight, and the hook, or another combination of tackle I might use. When I am done, I can simply cut the line from the baggy tie and I am ready to start fishing. Are there situations where a blind person needs assistance to fish? Yes. I have gotten my line so tangled that I could not feel how to get it untangled, especially when using the really light braided line. So, I either cut my line and completely re-rig it, or swallow my pride and ask for sighted assistance. Unless you are fortunate enough to be able to go down to a dock and fish any time you want, you need to be able to either walk to a nearby fishing hole or get someone to take you. I am extremely fortunate to be married to an angel who can skillfully operate our boat, and she even likes to fish. I also have two sons who love to fish. I introduced them to fishing when they were just old enough to hold their fishing poles. I have several other fishing buddies, too. When we are out in the boat, the only assistance I ask for is to tell me in what direction I need to cast my line to get in the vicinity of where I want to fish. Usually that just requires someone to tell me, just toss your line straight out the right side of the boat, or 
a little more to the left of where you are pointing your rod. Like the blind golfer, I also like to know how far I am from the shore or rocks or log, and if there are any overhanging tree limbs or brush to avoid getting caught up in. Unfortunately, many of the hazards we need to know about, like rocks or tree stumps, are often the very places where the fish are hanging out. My boat is a 24-foot Sea Ark with a four-stroke Suzuki engine, and it is loaded with the latest electronics, including a Humminbird depth fish finder, which does me no good unless I have a fishing buddy with me who knows how to use it. There is nothing accessible about that fish finder, and to my knowledge, there are no accessible devices. But just because the fish finder sees fish, it doesn't mean you'll catch them. Sometimes, no matter how good you are at fishing, the fish just aren't biting. There is quite a science to fishing. It is good to understand what kinds of factors affect fish behavior and feeding activity. For instance, the various moon phases affect how well the fish are biting. So does the barometric pressure, water temperature, the amount of current in the water, what food is available that the fish are feeding on, etc. The way you rig up your line and the type of bait you use all affect the type of fish you catch. If you are fishing for bass, for instance, you would rig up quite differently than if you were fishing for catfish. If I were fishing for bass in the early spring, I might use an artificial pumpkin seed lizard with a chartreuse-colored tail rigged up Carolina-style for bait. But if I were fishing for a blue catfish, I might use a large chunk of cut skipjack rigged up Santee Cooper-style. I especially enjoy fishing for catfish, and while I have fished in several different states and for both saltwater and freshwater fish of different species, and even won a first-place trophy in a major tournament, I have evolved to specializing in fishing for catfish, especially the blue catfish. I have even published an ebook titled The Giant Collection of Catfish Baits and Rigs. In this book, I cover some of the various baits used for catching the three most common kinds of catfish, including creepy crawler things, live and cut bait, pleasant-smelling catfish baits that really work, homebrew concoctions, commercial baits, and even artificial lures that are known to have caught catfish. Blind anglers are not organized like the blind golfers are. I wish we were. The closest we have come, to my knowledge, is a group I formed a few years ago, the Vision Masters Fishing Association, VMFA. It is a small group, and I would love to see it grow larger. Other than the VMFA, we don't have a national organization. Fishing is much more fragmented than golf. There are bass anglers, steelhead anglers, walleye anglers, musky anglers, catfish anglers, freshwater anglers, saltwater anglers, fly fish anglers, etc. Then there are anglers like me who just love to fish. If this sport sounds like fun to you, I urge you to give it a try. You might already know someone who would be willing to help you get started and take you fishing. If not, I recommend going to a local sporting goods store that sells fishing gear. The big, well-known ones are Cabela's, Bass Pro, and Dick's. But often the best places are the smaller, independent fishing and hunting supply retailers that you can find in your Yellow Pages or by using Google. The people in those stores are there to help you. Of course, they want to sell their stuff, but they know people who love to fish and who would be willing to help you get started. They know that if they help you get into fishing, you'll need fishing gear, and they want to be the ones to help you with that. Getting started doesn't take a lot of equipment or money. Walmart, for instance, sells some good basic fishing equipment for reasonable prices. A starter-level Zebco rod and reel combo can usually be purchased for $30 or less. An entire starter package can usually be purchased for less than $100, including the rod, reel, line, and tackle box with the basic tackle you'll need 
for catching a wide variety of smaller fish like bluegill, perch, crappie, and smaller channel catfish. You need to be extra careful when handling catfish and bullhead. They have very sharp fins, and if they jab you with the point of their protruding fins, it hurts for quite a while. I know from experience. I handle catfish of all sizes all the time, but I have learned how to do it without getting jabbed by their sharp fins. But I still get poked occasionally. Fishing is a sport we blind people can participate in with very little assistance. It is extremely relaxing and fun. Plus, there is nothing like getting a big tug on your fishing line that turns into a battle between you and the fish. Whether you catch them and release them for another day, or you take them home for dinner, it is exhilarating. To get a sneak peek of my ebook, visit www.dldbooks.com/romillimman. If you are interested in joining the WMFA or my helping you get started in the fun sport of fishing, send an email message to rmillimman at twc.com. 25 Years of Learning by Carl Jarvis Reprinted from the WCB Newsline, Fall 2020 There's an old song that goes, What a difference a day makes. Well, I don't know about one day, but 25 years most certainly make a difference. Looking back, we feel as though we can almost touch that day in early January. And yet, as we drove down Highway 101 to our first appointment, 25 years seem to stretch ahead of us forever. Such an immense length of time. Peninsula Rehabilitation Services, PRS, began business almost the same day we moved into our new home. Now, nestled on 10 acres near the village of Quilson, we were official. We were now one small member of a statewide program, the Independent Living Older Blind Program, IL-OB. Initially, we were to serve Kitsap, Jefferson, and Clallam counties, but within a year we added Mason and Grays Harbor counties to our PRS family. Over the years, the state program became known as the Independent Living Older Blind Program. As part of the Department of Services for the Blind, Ed Grant was appointed the program's first administrator. Ed retired in the early 90s, and he and his wife Phyllis bought a home in Port Angeles. There they began a blind support group at the Parkview Villa Retirement Apartments. On January 1, 1995, we unloaded the moving van and entered our new home. And then we collapsed, figuring we'd take our time organizing stuff. Tons and tons of stuff. Early on Monday, January 2nd, Ed called. You get moved in, he asked. If you mean is everything out of the weather, then yes, we're moved in, I replied. It would still be 10 days of waiting for a final inspection before we took possession. Ed said his group met on the second Tuesday of each month and they would love to meet us next Tuesday. And so it began. The world was a bit different 25 years ago. We had no laptops, no GPS, no cell phones, and no online resources. But we did have one big advantage going for us. We were 25 years younger and we were excited and eager. We set a heavy schedule, two appointments before lunch and two in the afternoon, five days a week. Remember, we were driving around in Kitsap, Jefferson, Clallam, Mason, and Grays Harbor counties from Bainbridge Island to Nia Bay and from Westport to Point No Point. 
On normal days, we ate dinner during Jeopardy. And then it was off to the office to enter the day's entries and records, place orders, and call new referrals. But schedules are made to be broken. One of our first learning experiences was finding out that retired people enjoy being retired. Many new clients were shocked when we suggested we had a 9 a.m. opening. As one sweet lady put it, My dear, this is the time I'm getting my beauty sleep. Since no one would deny a person their beauty sleep, we dropped the early morning appointment. Another lesson learned the hard way was the rising cost of doing business. When we first set out, a nice filling lunch could be had for around $10 for the two of us. The last lunch we bought cost a bit over three times that amount, but that was just lunch. Everything else went up in price too, such as gas and the maintenance of our Ford trucks. We wore out three during the 25 years, and then there was the increase in aids, appliances, not to mention shipping costs. But despite rising expenses, increased accountability, and piles and piles of records and paperwork, we managed to keep our eye on our goal of meeting people's needs, assisting in developing the independent skills that enabled them to live where and how they chose. Another important lesson we learned was that our clients often knew more than we knew about what they needed. We learned to shut up and listen. It became clear that it was not as important where they lived as how they felt about their contributions to their family and their community. It came to us that, for years, we Americans have been isolating our senior citizens when what they wanted was participation. While we were busy protecting our elders by sheltering them in assisted living facilities, they were feeling excluded when they still wanted and needed to feel included. More than once we heard someone complain that their family had parked them in a senior facility in order to be rid of them. As rehab teachers, there is an assumption that we can relate to our clients. While this may be somewhat true, there is a huge difference between relating to and living with the aging process. This lesson is learned when we realize that the heavy grunt was not coming from our client, but is us trying to rise up out of our chair. And that youthful lilt to our step is more like a lurching limp. And finally, if all the stars are in their proper places, we come to understand that we are not so much teachers as we are learners, all learning together. For years, we grumbled that the ILOB program was like going around putting band-aids on open wounds. In hindsight, that has not proven to be the case. Sure, we could have done much more and served more clients if we'd been given more resources, but in truth, we done good with what we got. The real rehab was not the gadgets or the coaching, but the simple fact of connecting, the feeling of being worthwhile, to feel needed, and to feel a sense of independence. 25 years could all be summed up simply by the lady who beamed as she told us, the watch, that lovely little talking watch. Now I no longer have to go about asking folks what time it is. I just ask my little friend. One small touch of independence, a turning point, the first step toward taking the next step. 25 years, really not so long a time, but time enough to travel the great Northwest and meet so many good people. And as we close the doors and turn out the lights, that becomes our final word as rehab teachers. Whenever the TV and radio and online news become unbearably negative, just pull on your walking shoes and go knocking on your neighbor's doors. There's a whole beautiful land full of beautiful folks just waiting to welcome you into their lives.
Beyond My Perception by Kenneth Semyon Sr. These are my personal reflections. However, I hope that you can relate to them in some way and consider whether you are living the fulfilled life that you were designed to live. Oftentimes, we can get caught up into ourselves and our personal daily activities so much that we can easily become unaware of other beneficial things that may be occurring around us. Recently, during a beautiful sunny day that seemed to have the perfect breeze and calmness in the atmosphere, I was prompted to take advantage of this time to reflect on life as I view it. This quiet time allowed me to begin to be thankful for the blessings I have received in the midst of the challenges I face as a person who is visually impaired and life in general. As I thought about it, I pictured my fenced-in backyard and the patio area in which I was sitting. The thought crossed my mind about how much I could be omitting from my life if I only focused on my personal experiences and what has become my general frame of reference. I attempted to think beyond how I have perceived life to be and how I may be shortchanging myself from so much more that may be just across the fences I have created in my mind. I took time to dwell on life lessons that I could have gained more insight from, instead of hoping that what I perceived to be a problem would just come to an end so I could move on to something more pleasant. Could it be that I have ignored some intricate details because I only expected certain circumstances based on what I knew and faced previously? I reached the point of realizing that it's not too late to broaden my view of life and decided that it was time to advance beyond my perception of reality and immediately begin exploring more than what seems to readily appeal to me. I came to the conclusion that it is no coincidence that I have been presented with the vast array of challenges I have had, and every experience has revealed something for me to learn in support of achieving my God-given purpose for existing. I had declared years ago that I would not settle for mediocrity because when I attempted to do so, I was most unhappy and unfulfilled. At times, I had actually permitted others who found it easy to simply exist to influence my way of thinking. Not considering the future effects, I found myself withdrawing from what I knew to do. I have discovered that we can easily begin to settle for less when we fear failure more than we focus on what can be accomplished if we try to move beyond our fear. How many times have I rejected constructive criticism from others due to my ego and superficial pride? When, if I had taken heed, I could have been better prepared to propel above the obstacles I allowed to delay personal achievements I now desire to make during this phase of my life? How many times have I ignored words of wisdom because they came from someone who I decided wasn't worthy to impart it, although I was seeking a solution to a problem? How many times have I assumed something to be one way, only to find out it was so different from what I imagined? What would happen if I allowed myself to laugh more, smile more? listen more, and even love others more? What if I were more willing to share, care, and respect the opinions of others even when I don't see eye to eye with them or can barely comprehend why they think the way they do? What if I were to strive to place a greater focus on what could be built to create trails of hope for all who I come in contact with? What if I were to see things in a more positive light and combat the negative thoughts that seem to cause forfeiting of needed results? These are only a few questions that I can think of to cause me to make the best of my talents and abilities as I take advantage of the gift of time before it's too late. My destiny only waits for me to choose to travel the right course. In conclusion, I make a personal commitment to reach out and reach up 
to grasp more than I have before, and conclude that it is imperative that I think before I speak, monitor my actions and associate with others having similar goals and aspirations to ensure that I achieve all that I am intended to achieve. I can't permit myself, or anyone else, to place limits on my personal growth. It is of the utmost importance that I keep the past in the past and allow myself to flourish into a brighter future as I strive to become the well-rounded individual that I am meant to be. Here and There, edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Lighthouse Guild Awards Scholarships Lighthouse Guild recently announced the recipients of its 2021 scholarships. In the undergraduate category are Elizabeth Adamson, Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Rochester Institute of Technology, RIT, National Technical Institute for the Deaf, Kaylee Brendel, Freehold, New Jersey, Villanova University, Liam Cruz, Flushing, New York, New York University, Cameron Fox, Northport, New York, Sacred Heart University, Joel Gomez, Encinitas, California, Purdue University. Joshua Hoffman, Plantation, Florida, Virginia Tech. Glory Leachman, San Antonio, Texas, Texas A&M University, College Station. Ryan Maxwell, Brooklyn, New York, Binghamton University. Olivia O'Connell, Commerce Township, Michigan, University of Michigan. Grace Patterson, St. Petersburg, Florida, the Harriet L. Wilkes Honors College, Florida Atlantic University. Noah Schickler, Beaufort, South Carolina, Furman University. Catherine Sevier, Fishers, Indiana, Harvard University. Emily Smith, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, University of Southern Mississippi. Emily Toller, Jamesville, New York, St. John Fisher College. Graduate student recipients are Muhammad Abu Bakar, Hartford, Connecticut, University of Hartford. Emily Eagle, Keller, Texas, University of Texas Law School. Tira Gillespie, Richmond, Virginia, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Tabitha Kenlin, Virginia, University College, Dublin, Ireland. Syed Rizvi, Longmeadow, Massachusetts, Harvard Law School. Matreya Shah, North Olmsted, Ohio, University of Pennsylvania Law School. ASCO Award Recipients The Association of Schools and Colleges of Optometry, ASCO, recently announced the recipients of its 2021 Special Recognition Awards. The Lifetime Achievement Award recipient is Dr. Douglas J. Hoffman. He has served ASCO in several capacities, including as co-chair of the Residency Educators Special Interest Group, chair of the OR Match Committee, 
chair of the Residency Titles Task Force, and a member of the Residency Affairs Committee. The winners of the Dr. Jack Bennett Innovation and Optometric Education Awards are Dr. Linda Kazer and Dr. Gary Chu. Dr. Kazer currently serves as a tenured professor at the Pennsylvania College of Optometry, as well as coordinator of interprofessional education for Salish University in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. Dr. Chu is the founding chair of ASCO's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Special Interest Group and was the guest editor for the Journal of Optometric Education's theme issue on diversity and cultural competency in 2017. Dr. Catherine Green is the recipient of the ASCO Rising Star Award. She is an assistant professor at NOVA Southeastern University College of Optometry, NOVA where she serves as the director of the Acquired Brain Injury Visual Rehabilitation Clinic, as well as the coordinator for the Pediatrics and Binocular Vision Residency Program. Dr. Green precepts students in both the Pediatrics and the Binocular Vision and the Low Vision Rehabilitation Clinics. This year's Dr. Lester Janoff Award for Writing Excellence was presented to Dr. Elena Z. Biffy for her article, Interactive Multimedia Learning, versus traditional learning in optometry, a randomized trial B-scan example. tinyurl.com slash numeral 4 x numerals 286 xtx. The paper was published in the summer 2019 issue of Optometric Education. She is currently an associate professor of optometry at NECO and an attending optometrist at NECO Center for Eye Care South Boston Community Health Center Eye Clinic. The ASCO Student Award in Clinical Ethics went to Mr. Tam Tran, a 2021 graduate of the Illinois College of Optometry. His winning essay, The Ethical Muddle of Sick Notes, Can We Do Better?, will be featured in an upcoming issue of ASCO's journal, Optometric Education. DOL announces theme for National Disability Employment Awareness Month. The U.S. Department of Labor recently announced the theme for this year's National Disability Employment Awareness Month, America's Recovery, Powered by Inclusion. Held each October, the annual commemoration raises awareness about disability employment issues and celebrates the many and varied contributions of America's workers with disabilities. EEOC sues Highland Dairy for disability discrimination. Highland Dairy Foods, a Missouri-based producer and distributor of dairy products, violated federal law when it refused to hire a man to work in its Norman, Oklahoma plant because he was visually impaired, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, charged in a lawsuit. The suit, filed in U.S. District Court for the Western District of Oklahoma, EEOC v. Highland Dairy Foods Company, LLC, Civil Action No. 521-CV, –00483-H, charges that Highland Dairy violated the ADA by refusing to hire an applicant because of his disability and because he required a reasonable accommodation. For more information, visit www.eeoc.gov. Vanderbilt's Critical Design Lab seeks submissions. The Critical Design Lab is starting the Remote Access Archive which will gather stories, documents, and other information about how disabled people have been using technology to connect since before the pandemic. Got something to share? Visit tinyurl.com slash numeral 4 W 
U F J N numerals eight six. ACB officers. President Dan Spoon, first term, twenty twenty one, three nine two four Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, three two eight one seven dash one five five four. First Vice President Mark Reichert, first term, twenty twenty one, one five one five Jefferson Davis Highway, Apartment six two two, Arlington, Virginia, two 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 zero two dash three three zero nine. Second Vice President Ray Campbell, first term, twenty twenty one, four six zero Rain Tree Court, number three K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, six zero one three seven. Secretary, Denise Colley, first term, twenty twenty one, one four zero one Northwest Lane Southeast, Lacey, Washington, nine eight five zero three. Treasurer David Trot, second term, twenty twenty one, one zero one eight East Street South, Talladega, Alabama, three five one six zero. Immediate past president Kim Charlson. Five seven Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts zero two four seven two. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, first term twenty twenty one. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, partial term twenty twenty one. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, second term twenty twenty one. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, first term. Twenty twenty one, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, second term, twenty twenty two, James Crott, Miami, Florida, first term, twenty twenty two, Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, first term, twenty twenty one, Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, second term, twenty twenty two, Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, first term, twenty twenty two. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, first term, twenty twenty two. ACB Board of Publications. Debbie Lewis, Chair, Clarkston, Washington, second term, twenty twenty one. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, second term, twenty twenty one. Zelda Gebhard, Edgeley, North Dakota, partial term, twenty twenty one. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California. Second term, twenty twenty one. Penny Reader, Montgomery Village, Maryland. First term, twenty twenty one. Accessing your ACB Braille and E forums. The ACB E forum may be accessed by email on the ACB website, via download from the web page in Word, plain text, or Braille ready file, or by phone at five one eight nine zero six one eight two zero. To subscribe to the email version, contact Sharon Lovering, S L O V E R I N G at acb dot org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, five one eight nine zero six one eight two zero. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream, or from https: colon slash slash p i n e c a s t dot com slash 
F-E-E-D slash A-C-B hyphen B-R-A-I-L-L-E hyphen F-O-R-U-M hyphen A-N-D hyphen E hyphen F-O-R-U-M.